Getting the best out of the board. In conversation with Anuswami Vedhish, former managing director of GlaxoSmithKline India. Conclusions paper, November 2022. Enlightened self-interest can help CEOs turn potentially confrontational relationships with the board into cooperative, mutual beneficial ones. At a recent India CEO forum session in Chennai, Anuswami Vedhish, former managing director of GlaxoSmithKline India, discussed the many varied models of corporate governance. He also shared best practices developed over decades of experience in managing the board more effectively. Various models of corporate governance. The Indian governance landscape is evolving and businesses are learning to become more board driven. Yet it is important to recognize that corporate governance does not have a single definition. It is contextual, varying both by the type of organization and the industry in which it operates. Broadly, a company may follow one of the several models of governance. Traditional The board speaks with one voice on all issues and the legal responsibility falls on the entire board. The Carver model. This is another traditional model that is used by many businesses. Within defined limits, the board delegates most responsibilities to the CEO, who employs a goal-oriented, means-to-an-end approach. The Cortex model. The board establishes clear standards, expectations and performance outcomes that are based on the organization's goals and aspirations with a strong emphasis on value creation. Consensus-based This model is based on each board member having an equal vote, responsibility and liability. It is ideal for corporations with a smaller number of majority shareholders. Competency-based Here, the focus is on leveraging communication, trust and relationships to strengthen board performance. Competency models can also help improve the knowledge and skills of individual board members. Startups The founder or promoter bears legal responsibility and the board acts as an advisor. Decision-making authority rests with the promoters and other board members have only a limited mandate. Small-size family model The head of the family or the business builder makes all decisions whom the board entrusts to execute as per family needs. The focus is squarely on the end goals. PE backed Owing to the typically short lifespan of most PE funds, such models are time-bound. The CEO and the leadership team work to translate vision into the reality and are empowered with strong equity participation. Archetypes of Governance Behavior Reporting out The CEO and the leadership team provide regular updates to the board. The board then debates, evaluates and reviews various scenarios, advising the leadership team on the best course of action. 
collaborative. The board takes an active role and participates fully in decision making. Short-term micromanagement. The board steps in to manage things for a short period before handling control back to the leadership. Hands on. This is most often seen in family-run businesses where the board or the chairman knows the business inside and out. They become involved in day-to-day operations and regularly provide insights. Elements of good governance. Aligning the company's strategy with its vision. This is one of the most effective tenets of good governance. Articulating the culture. CEOs frequently fail because they do not understand the company's culture. To avoid clashes, it is critical to spend time with key decision makers who can help them better understand the company culture. Building strong performance management systems, including ones that rate the organization's leaders. Effective talent acquisition and management. Boards should play a significant role in planning talent acquisition and management. This saves organizational resources that might otherwise be spent in areas that do not meet the company's needs. Integrity Invariably, a lack or low levels of integrity at board level will produce subpar results. Investing in the governance infrastructure For any business, compliance is a far more critical issue today than it was 10-15 years ago. Investing in strong compliance and reporting processes can pay dividends in the long run. Governance myths and truths Equity involvement It is widely assumed that a board would only act in the best interests of the company if it has equity ownership. The trick is to find directors with a good record on ethics and integrity as well as domain expertise and a passion for the business. However, there are some instances where equity may be beneficial, such as in PE-backed funds, where equity plays a significant role in driving active participation and time-bound results. Attendance at board meetings Regular attendance at board meetings should not be taken as a sign of someone being a good director. Indeed, There are instances where someone may attend every meeting but do nothing to move the needle in the company's favour. Board members' ages Many would assume that people with grey or no hair are better suited to positions of leadership. In fact, the ideal is to have directors from various age groups. This helps to build diverse perspectives and minimizes the risk of biases creeping into decision-making. Board Independence Independent directors can be a double-edged sword. While on one hand, they're usually less biased, on the other hand, some go too far in asserting their independence, which can end up slowing the decision-making process. Size When it comes to board size, there is no one-size-fits-all solution. Very small boards can be highly effective, but conversely, a large one may prove to be 
completely ineffective. It is for the organization to determine the size of its board. But what is crucial is to have a chairman with exceptional conflict resolution skills. Some best practices. Circumstances vary across organizations and between boards of different shades and size. However, some general principles can help strengthen board effectiveness as well as the CEO-board relationship. It is critical to understand the board's constitution and the type of people who serve on it. The CEO should spend time with individual members to get to know them and assess their strengths and weaknesses. Succession planning is less about keeping someone ready for the sake of being ready. Rather, it is about who will take over if the CEO is hit by a truck. Succession planning should be a key board priority and must begin well in advance. CEOs should spend time with their potential successors, both to fully understand them and to ensure that they are properly placed in a ready-now, ready-later, ready-future talent pipeline. Identify talent early on and provide them with specific development plans as well as separate performance appraisal criteria. At any given time, at least three candidates should be prepared for key leadership positions and the board should be actively involved in this process. Boards must have a solid risk assessment template in place. Identify your biggest risks, itemize them, and have a mitigation plan for each. To ensure that boardroom discussions produce tangible results, it is best to circulate an agenda in advance. The agenda should be developed in consultation with the chairman and other board members. This ensures that the expectations of all board members are captured, producing more fruitful discussions in the process. Instead of just attending meetings, the board should jointly engage in projects that build unity and cohesion. When appointing independent directors, it is critical to develop a learning plan that can help acquaint them with the business. Separate sessions can help them learn about the company, meet key personnel, visit factories and learn about the industry in which the company operates.